everyone. Good afternoon. It is time for our weekly Lunch and Learn, and I'm excited about this topic because we have a lot of people that come in the clinic and they want to do weight loss as a goal. They, they feel like they're too heavy for whatever reason. Sometimes they are. Sometimes it's just a perceptual issue. However, there are all kinds of things out there in the, in the world that are not natural that people are doing, and this particular thing that I want to talk about today is about using medication off-label in order to achieve your weight loss goals. So apparently, and I don't exactly remember the date of this, but apparently someone tweeted to Elon Musk and said, you look absolutely amazing, you've lost all your baby fat, what have you done? And he talked about diet, but then he said also that he had used a prescription medicine to help him lose the weight. Well, of course, if it's on the internet, it must be true. And if it is a high-profile person that's doing this and getting good results, then it must be true. And so that put a lot of people on this bandwagon. Now, we've got a really good um, reset program that does help you lose weight. And we had a lady come in and she wanted to do that. And so we, you know, we got her all set up to do that. When we called to check on her, she said, oh, well, I bought three months of this medicine and the medicine we're going to be talking about. We bought three months of this medicine. It's very, very expensive. So I don't want to waste that. And so because of all the, I'm going to say hype, and it may be realistic, but this is a great article about that. And so uh, this is about using Ozempic or Wegovy, and I may not be saying these things right. And then there is another one that I have heard uh, advertisements on, and Rebelsis. Okay, and I may not be saying those things right, but those are the three types of, or three brand names of this particular medication that people are using to help them lose weight. So what we want to do is talk about that, talk about side effects, and there are some serious side effects, people. I would not uh, put myself at risk to do this. Now, the drug name is Semeglitude, okay? The brand name is Ozempic or Rebelsis, or uh, Wegovy, and there's other ones too, I'm sure, but the actual chemical name is Semeglitude, all right? So it was first approved as a diabetes drug for type 2 diabetes under the Ozempic brand, all right? Not long after the clinical trials came to an end, it was later approved as Wegovy, which I may not be saying that right, but that looks like right, uh, phonetically, which is a higher dose treatment for obesity in the United States, the UK, and the European Union. And so it's not off-brand per se, but it was formulated for diabetics. Now we do know that most of the time, not 100% of the time, most of the time if you are type 2 diabetic, you have a weight issue. If we can get the weight off, usually the diabetes will reverse. And that's why if you have a good clinician, they will tell you to limit your carbs to, you know, 15 carbs per meal, uh, no more than 45 carbs per day. The, the, that's what I recommend. Other people recommend differently. If you get your carbs down, especially the, the pasta and the bread and all that kind of thing, then you normally will uh, lose the weight and then when you lose the weight you don't need as much uh, insulin and so your blood sugar stays more stable. So there's a lot that goes into this but this drug was particularly at the first built, developed 
for type 2 diabetes. Now, when your favorite actor, your favorite personality says, I'm using this medication and I'm losing weight, then that tells people that it's okay to do this. So one of the telltale signs of using uh, these medications is what they call the ozempic face, which is a gaunt look caused by the loss of facial fat. All right? Facial fat. If you have no facial fat, you're going to have really hard features, which some people some people want to develop that, some people don't. Um, and so that's one of the telltale signs of using these medications as a weight loss um, weight loss aid, okay? Uh, Semeglitude is the drug's proper name, and it was created by a company called Novo Nordisk in 2012, all right? The clinical trials were completed in 2016, and it went on the market in 2017. So it was an injectable, and it works by mimicking the national, sorry, natural gut hormone, which is called GLP-1, which is responsible for regulating insulin and blood sugar levels. In basic terms, okay, the drug helps curb hunger pains, and it makes the user feel fuller, longer, all right? If you don't feel hungry, you won't eat. If you don't eat, you'll lose weight. It's just that simple. And really, that's no different than the years, 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 years calorie restriction uh, advice that your healthcare prof professionals will tell you. If you eat less and you eat the right kind of food, your blood sugar is going to stay stable, you're not going to put on the pounds, and you're not going to have an issue. So this drug artificially lowers your um, need for food or your desire for food, and when you do that, you eat less. If you eat less, you have less calories going in, and so your body is going to use the fat that you have, that you're wearing, for a calorie source. And so a lot of weight loss programs do that. We do one here at the clinic that does that. But we're eating normal, healthy food. Now, we're not eating starches. We're not eating dairy. We're not eating uh, grains. We're not eating fats. Okay, so there's a lot of things that we're not eating. However, there is a supplement that we use doesn't do anything to the body except helps you detox that fat that you're wearing and that fat that you're wearing provides calories so it just helps you so we do that so this is an artificial way to do that with this drugs with this drug and these different ways that they're doing that so the buzz about semeglitude and its fat busting effects has been building for some weeks before Musk's tweet by 2020 it was already the 129th most commonly prescribed medication in the United States with more than 4 million prescriptions. Now, up until a couple of months ago, I didn't know people were doing this. I mean, I don't pay attention to pharmaceuticals because, in my opinion, you only want to have them for um, acute things, crisis things, that you need to have a very quick fix because you're going to die if you don't. So, like, if you go into the hospital with a raging infection. Yes, we're gonna do medication because we need to get your body back in balance so that you can recover and repair and do all those kind of things. You have an accident, get you to the hospital because they 
know what to do if you're in a car accident or whatever. If you're anaphylaxis, get you to the hospital because coming to a holistic practitioner is not going to do you any good because the things that we have are for chronic things, not crisis. So we're not really good in a crisis, okay? However, when these drugs are being used in this way, it does create a crisis. And so that's what I want to spend the majority of time here talking to you about if you choose to use this drug as a weight loss aid, these are some of the kind of things that you can be expecting. And none of them are good. I mean, weight loss, yes, that is good. But you're going to hurt your cardiovascular system. You're going to hurt your gallbladder. You're going to hurt your eyes. You're going to hurt just a lot of things that cannot be repaired. So we don't necessarily want this to happen. Now, I did read, I did hear that there is a shortage of Ozempic. I belong, and I've, I've told you this before, I belong to a couple of Facebook groups for diabetes. Why is that? Because diabetes is one of the highest um, growing illness that we have here in the United States. So I'm trying to listen to what the patients are saying, listen to what their needs are, and that kind of thing, because I want them to, I want to know what, what crisis they're going through or what their uh, most pressing need is, because we have that in our office as well. And I have heard people say, I am so mad, I am a type 2 diabetic, I need Ozempic, and it is in short supply because the doctors are prescribing it for weight loss, and the weight loss people just need to get on a diet and let the diabetics have the diabetic medicine because it is a diabetic medicine, and I kind of get the point. However, it, it has been approved for weight management too, but it is just in short supply. So, new prescription guidelines have had to be issued to prioritize the diabetes patients over the obese patients. Now, a lot of the time, like I said, if you've type 2 diabetic, you are overweight as well. So, the Danish company, Norvo Nordisk, has a competitor, Eli Lilly. Of course, we know that name here in the United States. And they are working around the clock to make sure that there is no shortage of the drug and they have named it a different name that I didn't want to try to pronounce, okay? In the first nine months of 2022, Norvo Nordisk, the people that make Ozempic, reported a 59% growth in the sale of Ozempic and Wegovy. Social media, particularly TikTok, are now awash with videos about semaglutide and its miraculous effects. The tag, hashtag Ozempic, has hundreds of millions of followers on TikTok alone. Given all this attention, it's no wonder that people are going to their doctor. And I love this when you see a commercial on TV. Blah, 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 drug does blah, 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 blah. Side effects are all in the bacteria print, right? And then they end with the tagline, go ask your doctor if this drug is right for you. And so with the hashtag Ozempic, we're asking a lot of us, not me, but a lot of us are asking their doctors if this is right for them. Obesity is one of the prevailing illnesses of modern life in the developing world, if not the prevailing illness. So this writer is calling obesity and illness, and I, I would not necessarily disagree with him. 
All evidence suggests that it is a problem that is getting worse, not better, in fact, much worse. A recent study in the Journal of Obesity found that long-term weight gain of nearly 15,000 adults in the United States found that one-fifth, fully one-fifth, that's 20% of the U.S. adult population gained 20% of their body weight in 10 years. So, I don't want to do the math for you, but take your body weight and multiply it by 20%. Add that number to your current weight, and that is what you would weigh or how many pounds you would put on. We don't want to be gaining weight. If our body is in balance, then our body is going to maintain the right weight for us. Now, I know here in America, people want to be super, super skinny, and not everybody is built to be super, super skinny, okay? We're all built to be healthy, and so you want to find what your healthy weight is, what your body is comfortable in being at. You want to have a body mass index that is in the normal range. You don't want to have a body mass index that is, uh, and I used to have it on my computer because I was looking at it just this morning. You don't want to have a body mass index that is over a certain number because that means you're going to have more physical challenges and you're going to be uh, headed toward disease and free radical damage, and we don't want to know that, all right? The study also found that women gained nearly twice as much as men over the same period, and that younger adults gained the most overall with an average of 17.6 pounds between their 20s and 30s. That's a lot of weight to gain in 10 years. Um, that's, that's two pounds a year. Two pounds in one year is not a big deal, but when it's multiplied over a decade, that's a lot. Over a lifetime, the combined weight gain adds up to 45 pounds, more than enough to push most people into the category of being overweight or obese. So in your lifetime, the statistics show that from your 20s until however old you get, you're going to be carrying around 45 extra pounds that you don't need. Nobody wants that. I don't want that. I don't want you to have that. In the United States, according to the most recent statistics from the CDC, 41.9% of, of adults are now obese. That's almost one in two. That's almost every other person. All right, we are a very large country, and when you look at the portions, when we go out to eat, when you look at the portions on our plate, it's not, you know, it's not surprising to see that because we do overeat as a nation, we do, all right? Um, this is a significant increase from the 30.5% who were obese in 20, uh, at 2000, okay, at the turn of the millennium, in the year 2000, only one in three of us were obese. Now, almost one in two of us is obese, and so we don't want to do that. The prevalence of severe adult obesity increased 9.2% from 4.2%. So that's really important. That's almost doubled since, tw since the year 2000, Y2K. We have almost doubled our rate of obesity. And it's not just the adults, it's the children too. U.S. children, nearly 15 million, are 19.7% are now obese. All right, 12.7% of two to five-year-olds 
are obese. You know, there's no excuse for that. You know, parents are in control of their food. Parents have the money, parents have the vehicle, parents do the shopping. These toddlers do not do that. So I, it, I do not know how we have all of these children being obese. 20.7% of 6 to 11 year olds. Again, the parents have the money, the parents have the vehicle to go to the store. I don't know how these children are doing this. The 22.2% of 12 to 19 year olds. Now that I can understand a little bit because these children, they're more mobile. They're not with their parents all the time. They're with friends, they're with grandparents, they're doing all the things that they're doing. And so they just have more opportunity to eat off plan whatever plan the parents are doing. That is a lot of children who are in the obese category in every single age group. So this gives us an estimated medical cost for obesity in the United States of $173 billion. That's a lot of dollars with a B, billion. A problem on this scale obviously requires a bold approach but what is bold about creating a drug that does nothing to address the real cause of increasingly overweight, unhappy people in the world that we live in? We talked last week and the week before about your medical professional giving you the advice, diet and lifestyle changes. Nobody wants diet and lifestyle changes. Everybody wants, let me eat what I want, let me feel good about what I'm eating, because if I feel good about what I'm eating, I'm going to be a happy person. Well, yes, you might be a happy person, but you're going to, according to these statistics, one in two of us is going to be very overweight, and that is not healthy. I myself have had to really look at my food choices. Why? Because I have seen that scale creep up, right? I'm not immune to it. Nobody's immune to it, but we have to be mindful of it. And so I will tell you, I am back at the weight I was 15 years ago, right? Now, is it a huge amount of weight that I lost? No. You probably don't even know. You probably, if you looked at my picture today and you looked at my picture in December, you would not know that I have lost quite a bit of weight. I carry it well. I hide it well. It's something that, you know, just with my particular body style, my particular body weight um, or, or structure, it's easily hidden, but that's not the point. If I get to the place, and I was not in the obese category, but I was in the overweight category, if I get in that, then I know at my core, at my metabolic cellular level, I'm in trouble. I'm not going to have the antioxidants I need to fight sickness and disease. I'm not going to have what I need to fight anti-aging. So I had to be really, really mindful. What am I eating? What are my choices? And was I making bad choices before? No, I wasn't making bad choices before most of the time. But I have made good choices and that weight has just come off. I'm going to keep it off because I know that my health in my older years is tied to not being overweight, all right? So, there is a lot of things that I want to say today. However, I want to get to the point, and the point is, some magnitude works by stopping you from eating. 
Your calorie needs outweigh your intake, causing you to lose weight. The drug does not alter your genetics. So a lot of people will say, I had somebody in my office today say, I'm big boned and it's my genetics. And yes, I can, I, I can agree. I absolutely can agree to that. However, if you're taking a drug that makes you not eat, then you're doing what lifestyle coaches tell you, restrict your calories and you will lose the weight. Alright, so it, these drugs are not doing anything about your genetics. And sorry, I, I had another article on the back that I didn't want to lose, so I didn't cut my paper up like I normally do. So, what do most of us eat? Most of us eat processed foods. We don't want to eat processed food. They're loaded with sugar. They're loaded with refined grains, toxic seed and vegetable oils. These seed oils, okay, were once thought to be industrial lubricants, all right? You're not going to go down to the auto parts store and buy some 40-weight oil and put that into your diet. But a lot of these oils that we're using in our food, the safflower oil, the corn oil, the um, canola oil, all of those oils are poison to our bodies, okay? They're not fit for consumption, but they are cheap and they are plentiful. And as we're going to read in a moment, there are all kinds of scientists who are working on these or with these ingredients to make something that is tasty and addictive, all right? Uh, British toddlers, you now we talked about America, but we're going to talk about the Brits now. I love British people. I was married to a Brit. I have family that are British. My, my children were raised over there, so I have a great affinity for them. Children aged two to five years old, are, they now consume two-thirds of their daily calories from processed food, according to a new study. Their diet is perhaps the worst in the world for their age group. Now, this is really surprising to me because when we lived in England, there was very little processed food. There was very little fast food. And so this is, there's been a big turn since I was there quite a few years ago, all right? Uh, the United States does not fare much better. 58% of their calories are coming from processed food for the toddlers, all right? Study after study has linked this kind of food with every possible ailment that you could have, including autism and Alzheimer's. Obesity. In 2021, a BBC documentary titled What Are We Feeding Our Kids? revealed that consuming processed food in typical quantities for just a month can actually rewire the brain's pleasure and automatic behavior centers in the manner that we might expect of a drug addict in addition to causing weight gain, anxiety, loss of libido, hemorrhoids, and a wide range of other nasty problems. These worrying brain alterations persist even after you stop eating the processed food. Now, armies of scientists are paid billions of dollars to take ingredients and make these foods. So I want to just get to this little part and then we're going to talk about the side effects of these drugs, okay? Manufacturers of processed food love processed food not just because it's highly addictive and people can't stop eating it, but also because it has a great shelf life. It is extremely cheap and easy to make. 
all processed food is made from the same basic ingredients such as cornmeal, soy meal, refined wheat, partially hydrogenated vegetable or oil, uh, meat and protein meal. Not meat, but meat meal, okay? I don't even know how you make meat meal, but that's what they have. All that really differs from one type to the next, this is processed food. Anything in a box or a package, okay? Anything in a box or a package is processed. The only real difference from one type to the next is the ratio of ingredients. With just a few ingredients, you can create virtually any processed food you want from dog kibble to Twinkies and everything in between. That's crazy. That is just crazy, all right, to think of that. Um, there's all kinds of other things I was going to talk about, but I'm running out of time, so I don't want to run out of time. So we're going to talk about the side effects from Ozempic, okay? This was released, uh, updated in January the 6th of this year, so this is very, very current, all right? Um, so there is a black box warning on Ozempic. All right, I don't know about the other name brands, but on Ozempic, there's a black box warning. This means this is hazardous to your health. And people all across the nation are volunteering and go ask your doctor, can I have this because it's going to help me lose weight. I get the struggle is real. I get that. However, the black box warning is you have a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. That's thyroid cancer, okay? They don't really know what it's going to have in humans because they haven't done the studies long enough to really know. But they do know when they did the clinical trials and when they did the animal trials that rodents, a significant number, had cancer tumors on their thyroid. All right? So we see a lot of ads, medullary thyroid cancer. All right, medullary thyroid cancer is this type of cancer. And so this is your black box warning on Ozempic. All right, it is serious side effects. Uh, semaglutide, which is the active ingredient, may cause these side effects. If you see these side effects, you call your doctor immediately, is what the patient insert says. So these are the common ones. Anxiety, bloating, blurred vision, Chills, cold sweats, confusion, cool, pale skin, a cough, dark urine, depression, all right, diarrhea, difficulty in swallowing, dizziness, fast heartbeat, fever, headache, increased hunger. Now, it's supposed to not make you be hungry, but in some people, it increases their hunger. Indigestion. Look at this. Large, hive-like swelling on the face eyelids, lips, tongue, throat, hands, leg, feet, and sex organs. So, yeah, you don't want swelling down there, all right? Nausea, nervousness, nightmares, pain in the stomach, the side radiating to the back. Now, we know that pain in the stomach and the side radiating to the back is almost always gallbladder issues. And I saw and heard some things this week. I didn't get the... Um, I didn't get the resources, so I can't cite the source, 
but they were saying that they're seeing a lot more gallbladder issues with people who are taking Ozempic for uh, weight loss. Seizures, all right, slurred speech, tightness in the chest, uh, the thyroid cancer that we talked about, uh, gastrointestinal, very common. Now, they say it's very common if it affects 10% or more. They call that very common, all right? Nausea, uh, constipation, abdominal pain, vomiting. Up to 25% of people are going to have vomiting. 30% of people are going to have diarrhea. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to have diarrhea and vomiting. I just don't want to do that. All right, um, dyspepsia, flatulence, gastroesophageal uh, reflux disease. That turns into esophageal cancer. We don't want to do that, all right? Um, viral gastroenteritis. Gastroenteritis is you can't eat anything. Your stomach is inflamed. Your bowels are inflamed. Everything just hurts. You can't keep anything down. And so, yes, you're going to lose weight, but at what cost. All right. Necrotizing pancreatitis. Oh my gosh. Necrotizing means the flesh is decaying. You need your pancreas, people. You need your pancreas to be doing what it needs to do and to work. So chronic pancreatitis. All right. Uh, in clinical trials for type 2 diabetes, acute pancreatitis was confirmed. All right. One case of chronic pancreatitis was confirmed in another, in another uh, trial, and it says that the abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, and constipation were more significant in type 2 diabetes patients than any other, all right? Hypersensitivity, okay, that's something. In type 2 diabetics that this is for, they have a higher cardiovascular risk and a greater incidence of diabetic uh, retinopathy. That means you're going to lose your vision, all right? So if this drug doesn't do anything except causes you to eat less, right? It just, your calorie intake is less. It doesn't do some kind of magic in your cells. You just, I think we're substituting self-control and mindfulness for a drug that has all these complications. And that is not what we want. We don't want you to lose your eyesight. We don't want you to uh, have to have your gallbladder removed. We don't want you to have a higher risk of cardiovascular. Um, liver disease, okay, liver disease is on the rise. Acute gallbladder disease is on the rise. Cardiovascular and heart rate increase of two to three beats per minute was reported in the clinical trials. Some baseline changes are up 10 to 19 beats per minute, so that's 41% more than in the clinical trials. So this is really, really serious, people. We need to protect your heart. We need to protect your liver. We need to protect your eyes. We need to do all the things that you can do with just lifestyle choices and good mindful eating of whole foods. So I know this has kind of been a downer. Sorry about that. Don't mean to be a downer, but you need to know that there's no such thing as an easy fix. And if you do get that easy fix from this medication, you're going to have long-term, sometimes permanent problems 
because your body wasn't able to do what it needs to do. So, on that lovely note, it is the weekend. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourself. Change your mindset about your weight loss. Yes, we want everybody to be in the normal weight category. If you're obese, make a plan to get down to overweight. If you're overweight, I was overweight, make a plan to get down to normal. I think I'm down in my normal body weight now. I have a couple more pounds I want to lose just because I want that magic number on the scale. However, I'm not in the overweight category anymore, so yay. If I can do it, you can do it. It's lifestyle changes. It's mindfulness, and we want you to be in the best health that you can be. So I'm going to say goodbye for now. I will see you. I will not see you next week because I'm traveling. I will not see you next week, but I will see you the next week with something really exciting. So like, share, comment. We'll answer everything, and we will give you as much support as we can. So take care. Love you. Bye.